Hi folks and thanks for listening to this Tortoise Shack podcast. This is a conversation Rory had with uh, Hugh Brennan of Okulon. You'll recognise them as the not-for-profit housing developer. It's a great solution-packed podcast. Do give it a listen. But also while you're listening, can you please click on the link on the podcast that says patreon.com forward slash tortoise shack and check if there's a level there that suits your budget and helps us keep these shows going. The Tortoise Shack is listener-led, listener-supported. We don't have ads, we don't have sponsors. We rely entirely on the kindness of your heart to pay it forward and keep the shows free to everyone. And you get a ton of extra content for that, including all of our podcasts, plea-free in one consolidated feed, access to our entire back catalogue, and plenty of patron exclusives. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the support. Thanks for sharing, liking, and telling people about us. But if you can, while you're listening, as I said, click on that link and just throw us the price of a fancy cup of coffee because every cent counts. I won't delay any further. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Reboot Republic, the podcast that goes behind the headlines and looks at the big issues in this republic of inequality. We are the podcast of solutions and the podcast of hope. And I'm your host, Rory Hearn. Delighted to be joined back on the podcast by one of our favorite guests. It is Hugh Brennan from uh, the Okulon Co-Housing Alliance. Um, Hugh, how are you keeping? Not too bad. And with an, an intro like that, sure, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling great. <laughs> <laughs> good man, good man. Well, it is a Monday um, in January. I, I don't know which official day is the uh, the most depressing day of the year, but it's one of these days in kind it of is. mid is it, it is. today? It's, it's, it's around now. I know there was something on Morning Ireland about about Blue Monday. I think it's today. Yeah. 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 yeah it is. <laughs> it is today. Thankfully, yeah. it's uh, it's actually quite bright out. Um, very Slowly, cold, yeah. Yeah. but but bright and crisp, which is the light we need. Yeah. And uh, you're going to give us some more light, Hugh, um, that we need very very badly. I hope. <laughs> I hope. I'm just reaching. There's over no here hope. Just... There's no hope at all. Um, and just to say to listeners, sorry, no, just I, sick. Have... I was just reaching across just to get that. No, nope, no problem. Um, okay, now just to say to listeners that I had a great conversation with uh, Claire Dunn, the writer and actor. Some of you might know her from. Um, she was in Kin, and she co-wrote herself, which was a a movie about um film about housing and homelessness. And interestingly, about self-building as well. Um, and it was a really interesting conversation and it was a lovely one to start the new year. Um, and it was very positive about about changing our values around housing. And I think this conversation will go the same way. Um, and just in terms of, Hugh, we're going to talk about Okulon because I was very struck <laughs> That um and annoyed that uh you didn't get an invite to the Taoiseach summit, um when I think the values of the approach to housing that Okulon takes are actually the values we should have driving our housing system, um but it is just before we get onto the detail of that I wouldn't mind getting your analysis given that you're currently building uh developing affordable housing of the current state of where we are in terms of the housing system housing market in ireland because we uh, i think things have changed quite dramatically quite quickly um in i suppose really since you know inflation was rising pre-ukraine the ukrainian war but rose significantly 
um, in the wake of that very significantly rising material costs. Um, and of course, the, the issue of rising interest rates. And we're seeing that the model of development, housing development, which was which had become largely dependent in the last three or four years, this uh, kind of the, the new wave of house building, low and all as it has been, has been quite dependent on equity funds, both to finance development and also to buy and forward purchase. And of course, I've been very critical of that model. But really now we're seeing developers saying that they can't access finance. They're saying that, you know, we're seeing the fall off in commencements, which people weren't expecting um, to happen like this. What's your sense of where it's at? And obviously there's the wider impact of the cost of living crisis on um, people looking to buy a home, rising interest rates, harder to get mortgages. And of course, the need to um, provide more housing supply in terms of you know, wider population growth, refugees, we need to do that, we can do it. Um, but just the wider context of where you think and see things at from your perspective. Okay, well, th- there's um, a, a huge number of issues all rolled up into that. And, um, you know, and I certainly don't want to turn um, anybody off by getting, you know, overly technical or anything like that. The first thing to say is that it is still possible um, to build affordable houses um, in Ireland. But as the, as the Bob has said, and as you have always said, but not not uh, depending on the um, private developers or the um, private investors to do it for us. It is possible um, for us to do it ourselves. The environment has changed absolutely completely since we started. In fact, you know, the discussion that we have now um, amongst ourselves and with 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 our board is that the original O'Coolan model isn't actually viable anymore because if you go back to, go back to our original model, we um, got the land at a heavily reduced price. We arranged with local authorities where we could to waive development levies, and then we just applied a small margin of five percent ourselves, which we had to just to cover our or to you know to wash our face, as, 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 as the bank would say. And doing that, we were able to build and sell at a very affordable price in Dublin. Um, since then, since our, our, our first two developments, things have changed dramatically and inflation has come into play. Um, I honestly don't believe that um, all of the inflation can be put down to either the war in Ukraine or um, a, a post-COVID, um, um, you know, lack of supply in terms of, of, of logistics and all of that um, type of thing. Why do I say that? I say that because it is still possible to build cheaper in Manchester and Belfast than it is in Dublin. Yeah. Okay. So there is something else going on in Dublin. And what I think is going on in Dublin is that for too long, the state have depended on the private sector, big private developers and investment funds to provide affordable and social housing. And and, 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 and what, does that, what does that do? That means that when the developer goes to the um, local authority or whomever to sell the houses, the developer says, this is the price of the house. This is what I need. This is, this is the price. And the local authority or the department says yes, and that is typically what has happened. And if you go back 
over the last five to six years and look at the purchases in places like Dunleary or out beside us in Hampton Wood in, in, in Ballymun and look at the money that was paid for those houses, what are you saying to the developer? You're saying you're right. You're saying absolutely, I, you're saying the state agrees with the private developer, that is the price of the house. And that pushes up the price of the house for everybody. Not only does it push up the price of the house, it pushes up what all of the other subcontractors are going to be looking for um, in order on, on, on the next scheme, because they're saying that the prices are, are going up. So your plumbers and electricians will naturally seek to get more on the next scheme, as will your block layers if they're there, or your timber frame suppliers, or whomever they are, windows all the way along. And that pushes up the price of the housing for everybody um, after that, because we have to go to the very same contractors and they have to go to the very same subcontractors to try to get um, the houses built. And, 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 and that is part of what is happening in, in, in Dublin, not only in Dublin, but Dublin, Cork um, and um, Waterford, the areas that, that, that we know where, where we're trying to get um, tenders. And it's very, very difficult to reverse out of that. You know, like how how do you reverse out reverse out of that? I mean, even at the moment when we go to contractors and we go out to tender, where the the prices are coming in very high, and we cannot build uh, and sell affordably the way we used to. The only way we can do it now is if we get um, if we depend on the government subsidy. So, for example, yeah. we're you know like um, we 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 have a thousand um, units in our pipeline, you know, and um, all of them are at that early stage now um, of um, either in planning or uh, in tender. And, and, and we're depending on those very same uh, contractors who are depending on the very same subcontractors and everybody is pushing up, um, up their prices. Whereas we, we also have a scheme in Northern Ireland. I'll be really interested to see, I haven't got prices yet up there, but I'll be really interested to see where they come in. And, and because we're told that you can build a lot cheaper in Belfast than you can in Dublin. I don't know if it's true. I, I won't know that I you know, put my own fingers into the wounds, as they, as they say, and, and test it. But, you know, anecdotally, certainly they can do it in, in, in Manchester and, and, and Birmingham. And, you know, we shouldn't. That, 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 that shouldn't be the case. I mean, we should have, a, you know, a, a fairly... You know, they're never going to be exactly the same, but a relatively um, equal uh, costs um, in 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 these islands. Um, so that's the that's 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 the first thing, and that and that is a bit depressing. I mean, because what 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 it means is for us is that we are totally dependent on government subsidy to be able to be able to um, um, uh, deliver our houses. So. Um, so what do we need to do? Well, I know that you constantly argue for um, a state building firm. And um, whereas I don't you know, completely disagree with that, I do tend to think that there is sufficient capacity in the um, approved housing body sector. And that needs to be, I think, just developed a bit more so that um, the approved housing bodies can deliver both social and affordable. If you look at the six biggest um, approved housing bodies, uh, in, in the country, they they have they have formed an, an alliance. They are as big in terms of their balance sheets as any of the uh, vulture funds or the investment funds or the or the bigger de developers. And 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 they're bigger and and they can manage um, uh, um, the, the these other schemes. 
or they can get somebody like us or other approved of housing bodies like um, Okulin to be the delivery partner. They don't have to take on all of the work themselves. We, we can specialize in being the delivery partner and being the developer, but a not-for-profit developer or a social developer, call it whatever, whatever you want, where the bottom line isn't what the market will pay. Because very soon, like those developers, are, they're finding out now that they've pushed it too far and, that the, and, and, and the market won't pay. And then because of all, all of this upsurge in, in prices, which they generated, which they, they caused themselves, um, they're going to, they're, they are now finding that, oh, we, we can't build unless we get a forward purchase, unless, we're, unless somebody buys these things out in advance for us. It's, it's the only way that we can do it. Well, leave the private developers to do the high-end stuff. Let them go ahead and belt away with that. I don't mind. But for the, for the affordable and for the social, bring it back to either approved housing bodies, local authorities, or as you have constantly argued for, for um, a national um, building, building, build, building company. But that, I, I still think that that would be very unwieldy. You know, I, I, I do think there, there, there are other, other ways to do it. So that's that's where I'm kicking off, Rory. <laughs> very, good. <laughs> very good. No, I, I think, though, that, you know, you're right as a starting point, and it was one of the key criticisms that I had of, of the last, you know, of the last two housing policies, Rebuilding Ireland and now Housing for All, was this over-reliance on that, you know, the for-profit uh, developer model of delivering. And, and it's a very interesting point you make that the driving up of, the prices that they sought, you know, essentially drove up house prices because of their drove up the cost of delivery and yeah. that the inflation isn't just down to cost of materials, but actually um, their process itself of trying to extract as much um, profit from it as possible. And it's interesting, what like, what, what would you say? And, and you know, the, the public, you know, the, the state national building agency that I've made the case for, I, I don't think it has to... Um, be I think that can go alongside the contracting of private de- yeah. of private builders to build um affordable and social housing, not developers, which are different. But um because I think that we need the capacity to actually hire on a permanent basis those construction workers so yes. that we can guarantee into perpetuity, into the future, to retrofit, to refurbish, to deliver that we have some capacity guaranteed. Um, because in many ways, like the 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 construction building development model that uh, kind of was the foundation of the Celtic Tiger years of the housing boom from the mid nineties two thousand eight is broken. It's broken and it will never come back. And it was based on uh, builders, you know, contracting all the trades to build. They gave them proper employment. It was also based on banks lending to individuals and to developers to finance the development. Um, Banks aren't lending. They're not lending to individuals um, at, at the same extent. They're not lending to developers. And builders don't hire construction workers anymore. They subcontract them. Mm-hmm. So... There, I think that we're seeing this almost, and of course we've seen the um, the role of the investor funds, the inv- entry of the investor funds. I think that what we need is the development of that public company that would hire those construction workers, so you're guaranteed the capacity of delivering, and the likes of Okulon, the housing bodies would contract, essentially contract the public construction company or contract a private de- uh, builder to develop the affordable housing. And the big issue, I think, is, as you've said, is 
the financing and the land and the capacity. Mm. And we've hit this situation now where the private market sources of finance, investor funds and banks are essentially saying it's now too much economic uncertainty. We don't want to lend. So the state has to step even more in to finance. And as you have made the point, seed fund, and then it has to provide the land as well. It seems to me that, but it's like they're just tentatively making these small steps and they're not willing or don't appear to be willing to go all out to do that for affordable housing. Yeah, no, look, it is a very, it is a very valid point. And and you're right. But I mean, don't forget that as well, that um, when the, um, the developers were looking for these um, high prices over the last five or six years for 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 apartments or whatever it was that they were that they were building, and the, and the state was 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 providing this. That meant that the state was validating that. You know that that is the validation of the price of the house. You know, yeah. and 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 then that becomes the um, the acceptable price, and then you only go up um, from that, and you push it, push it, push it um, so far. And 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 I think it's beginning to be pushed to the uh, to the to the limit to the limit now. Um, the, just the other thing on on you know the the um, the state builder. I mean, if if you just look look at it from the point of view of say a, a carpenter, okay, so a carpenter is employed by the by by the state builder, and 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 this this is what we we found. You know, with with uh, contractors um, directly employing people going going back over the years, the good lads, okay, the good lads, they'll always get nixers, okay, and that's all right. You know, they'll be supplementing their income, they'll be doing nixers, and then they will do what? They will go out on their own, and that's fine as well, okay. But that that's why I think that there is like a real entrepreneurial spirit. I still think, um, in in the in in the country, and. Um, and and that's what tends to happen. And um, the the better ones will um, will do that. And then you're constantly then looking for for um, replacements um, for those. So like I'm I'm just not convinced that 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 direct employment model is the is the best way to go. That's all I'm saying to you. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> that <one>. <laughs> <laughs> we'll agree to disagree on that agree, one. And agree to differ. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Because it's only it's only one part of it. And and it is. Yeah. In in terms of the development of the affordable housing, um, maybe you could take us through. And, and you know, you were saying that your model, in a sense, now doesn't work without a significant subsidy. Yeah. Um, and I think that's absolutely reasonable because you're providing affordable housing. And the point is that it can't just be provided according to market rules yeah. that it needs state subvention. But what you can guarantee is actually genuinely affordable housing yes. without the profit element. Maybe you could explain how, you know, Okulon can provide affordable housing that's actually genuinely more affordable than what a private developer would. Yeah. Because it's just cost plus that 5%. So we always go back to our cost. A developer won't work on a cost plus basis. A developer, developer works on the maximum that they can get from the market, okay? And then they look at their costs and the difference between what they the maximum that they'll get and their costs is their is is their profit. And when that begins to get squeezed, and it is beginning to get squeezed at the moment, they'll actually come quite close to a cost plus the small uh, margin. But that's when, unfortunately, that the banks will start saying, well, if you're not making you're at least your 
um, that we're not going to uh, provide the funding. And if you can't guarantee, you know, 30% pre-sales or whatever it is, that we're not going to provide uh, the funding. And yeah. but but that again is a function of of the way um, the, the state chose to procure um, social uh, social housing over the last while because we were the only ones for a while doing um, um, affordable housing. Even though I'm happy to say that you know that there 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 are a lot more um, affordable houses appearing now. But I'd be really interested to see and and if the, if the figures are there, I'd be really interested to see what the figures are, especially for say for example the LDA scheme out in. Um, Shangana, like that. I, I mean, the 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 price that you're talking about certainly are are very affordable. I'd love to see what they're actually going to um, pay uh, for for those, you know, and how much of a subsidy there will be per, um, per 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 unit on those. But 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 it is it is possible, and that and that's the difference that it's that 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 you simply look at the cost of doing it, and then you add on your your five percent, and you know that that's the cheapest that you can do it for. And the secret then is reducing those initial costs, like as we said, land, and and the state has to look look at providing the land, and um, and then uh, looking at development levies, and and I know the development levies are um, important, but if you look at the benefit that you get in a society from having affordable housing, it outweighs. The um, money that comes in from development levies by tenfold, and I know I've mentioned this before. In Ballymun, uh, when when we did this study back in 2016, um, there were 2,000 um, plots or plots available for 2,000 houses, and we calculated um, with with support from the um, the likes of the ERSI and the CSO getting figures from them. We calculated that for every 1,000 affordable houses that are built that you increase the income in the local community by six and a half million. And that, as I said before, is huge in yeah. an area like um, Ballymun. And that is, and I know I joked about this before, you know, that even with the Okula model, um, that uh, um, even capitalism works, you know. Um, <laughs> that's, but, but it does work. And because you, you are getting ordinary people to inject their ordinary capital into the local community, and that helps to to uh, build up the local services, like childcare, like all of the butcher, baker, candlestick maker, all of that um, ki kind of stuff. The benefits of providing affordable housing are huge, and they hugely um, outweigh any um, money that you will get in a local authority from uh, your 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 development levies. So maybe you could just take us through one or two of the schemes that you're working on at the moment in terms of, you know, how does it work? You know, you have people sign up with their, yeah. say, yes, we're interested in doing this. And I know there are listeners who are interested in, you know, buying their home affordably through Okulon. How would they do it and how does it yeah. work? Well, it's important to say that it can't be done through Okulon anymore. So that was the case for our first two schemes. But now all of them have to go through um, the local authority nomination process. So the local authority will advertise for um, for these schemes. So say, for example, we'll, we'll be doing one very shortly in um, in, in Parkview and in, in, in Ballymun. The local people, that will be advertised by Dublin City Council. The local people will then um, apply for, for, for those and, um, and, and it will be on a first come First served basis. There will be eligibility criteria, like so many, so so many, some percentage have to be from the local area. Now, 
I know there was a bit of controversy um, about this in Wicklow recently, where only 30% of the um, applicants needed to be from the Wicklow area, whereas our model has always been at least 70% um, have to be from the local area. And 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 but it, like it really is up to the um, local authority to make those scheme of preferences. Now, I, I was a bit surprised to hear that um, the department had intervened in Wicklow to change that because I understood that that was actually one of the reserved functions of the um, elected representatives to yeah. decide on the scheme of preferences. But um, but I don't I, I don't know. And maybe they did. You know, maybe they did. Um, but but they maybe they were asked to uh, change it from 70% to 30%. And I don't know enough about it, Rory, to really to comment on it. But but one of the eligibility criteria previously for us has been that 70% of the people would be from the local area. Then there are income limits, and those income limits are increasing at the, uh, increasing at the moment. But um, roughly, um, for a single person, um, you, you, you couldn't have earned more than, I think, 55,000 the previous tax year or... For a couple, it'll be up to eighty or maybe um, ninety thousand. But that will be all there on the uh, council website once it has been um, advertised. And then the, um, the the council then nominate those people to us, and they are um, allocated the um, the homes. And um, and then they simply, as they would for any other private purchase, they simply go ahead and they um, get their get their mortgage, and we go we go ahead and build. And on our schemes, you know, there, there are choices available in terms of their kitchens and on, you know, some of their finishes like, you know, floor tiles or floor coverings upstairs or that or that kind of thing. We, we can we can still um, um, em, em, employ those kind of choices or give them those those kind of choices in our schemes, And and then they move in. And um, um, what you know, what we what we have been trying to do but it's more difficult now because we're not in control of the nomination process is, you know, one of our slogans was, you know, that we're building communities and not just houses and that we got people to prepare a common charter of how they wanted to live in their, in their own uh, uh, communities. And that, and that is changing um, a little bit, but we are still looking at how, um, how best uh, we can manage that because what tends to happen now is that there can be a little bit of a delay. Um, in getting the nominations, and that's um, that's 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 not conducive, if you like, to what um, you know, building that community. You know, like where, where we said, where people got to know their neighbours before they moved in, and 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 all of that. You know, but that's that's it. Like it's not rocket science. It's you know, it's 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 very much like um, a a private developer um, building. Um, except that you know uh, people apply to the local authority for the house instead of applying to the um, to to the developer. So it has changed. It has changed since we started. And in terms of you then delivering that affordable housing, how does it work for you as a, in in contrast to a private developer? Yeah, it's very again, it's very similar. As I said to you earlier, we employ um, a local con- or we employ a contractor. But in terms so, of, do you apply for to the local authority for the scheme? Where do you get your funding and finance from? Oh yeah, no, our funding, our funding still comes from the banks, from 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 private from private banks, either um, typically AIB or um, HBFI. Um, so HBFI that- is. Uh, the house, sorry, House Building Finance Ireland. They are they are um, um, a, a, a government uh, sponsored uh, body, if you like. You know, they, they to date they've been getting their funding from ISAF, 
the you know I said I can't remember. Yeah, it's the, the Irish uh, Strategic Invo- Investment uh, Fund. Investment yeah. Fund. Yeah, it's a yeah. state. It's essentially the pension. What used to be the pension reserve fund. Right. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, the it was created as a essentially a state investment fund to invest our pensions. State the state uh, pensions and um, it the home building finance Ireland has been criticised for funding financing investor funds yeah um you probably heard that we and did. for one of its funds but it is important to point out that it is also funding financing okulon to build affordable housing it is and that it is and that's and that is an important point and and, and you know like i mean we get on very well with them i have to say and they are very keen to continue um to support us and we're we're and we're happy to work with them or indeed um with with, with with AIB and for us, um, you know, it, it there there is a commercial decision in that as well. You know, as to who offers the best terms, then it doesn't always come down to um to interest rates. You know, it can come come down to um other 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 things as well. So yeah, so like you know, um, we're 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 delighted that they're there to be honest with you because um uh, it it can it can be difficult uh, getting a construction finance at the moment. And so in terms of you, you're saying you have a thousand units in the pipeline, which is a yeah. very significant amount. How it many is. would or will those come through in the coming years? Do you don't have a year by year like you're thinking? I do. I do. So like it's really interesting. Um, a lot of them will go on site this year. So um, we have um, two in Ballymun almost ready to start. The first one has... Uh, Full planning permission. It's 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 two separate schemes. It's um, apartments for older people, and then um, affordable houses. Because you know we're keen on, on making sure that there's a good mix in all developments as well. Um, so that's ready to go on. And those apartments for older people. Yeah. Would they be social housing or they would be social purchase? housing? Yeah, yeah. So they would be social housing, and and um, typically they would be uh, people who are downsizing, who are maybe who are in um, social housing or who are applying for social housing, and and will either be downsizing or um, moving in uh, first time, you know, but they will be directly from the housing list and those will be will be owned and managed by another housing association. So we will sell to another housing association to own and manage those because we do not own or manage any property, which is another kind of peculiarity. Yeah. Um with 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 Okulin. We just we 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 try to focus purely on delivery. Yes. And then so then so then there are there are, there are two of those ready to go um in Ballymon. The second one is just 12. It's an extension of, of, of a scheme that we were doing earlier on. We have one in Ardmore in um Waterford, which has been on the books for a long, long time, but we had a lot of trouble um in terms of water and uh, drainage. But we seem to be at the end of that now. Um it is going out to tender very shortly. So that will certainly go on site um, say quarter two of this year. Um, then there is a third one in Ballymun, again, a mixture of um, single story units for older people adjacent to the uh, local Catholic church and, and, and beside the local school. And then another uh, 34 um, affordable housing, houses for sale. Um, and then we have one in Knocknaheeny, which has been on our books for a long time as well, but that has full planning permission. And we are hopeful that eventually we will get on site with that this year. It's a smaller one. It's only 16. And then we have a couple of very big ones. We have a very big one um, in um, South Dublin uh, County Council, which uh, was submitted 
uh, for planning under the new LRD scheme in uh, January, or sorry, in December. It's well, the end of December, you can say early January. And um, we hope to have uh, a response to that um, in, six, in 16 weeks from the 1st of January. So you can say that is what the end of April. And so, you know, in theory, we could be on site there in 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 quarter three. And then the last one is um, a, a cost rental scheme, um, which again, we will sell to um, two housing associations. So we will just be the, the delivery partner there. And that is also in, um, in Ballymun. And that one will probably go on site in maybe quarter two of next year. So like we have a lot that will be ready to go um, at some stage um, this year. And so we'll be running a lot of them um, in in parallel. And, and do you know the prices of uh, and the rents of what you expect the affordable ones to be? Well, it's it's like it is it is it is very hard to say, but what we're trying to do is to ensure that it's around and if 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 I could just take an average, you know, we we, we look at a three bed mid terrace house, okay? Yeah. Um, so and so that's that you know typically for a um for a family which hope where hopefully there will be two earners because these people have to get mortgages, so they have they have to be earning. So you know we're looking at around two hundred and sixty thousand uh, for that. And if I compare that then to um, the previous scheme in 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 Cranog, that was two hundred and nineteen. Um, so you know that that one finished um, uh, in when uh, I'm forgetting now the time in in twenty twenty one. And then if you compare it back again to our very first one, it was one hundred and seventy thousand. So you're looking at ninety thousand in the difference um, yeah. within just within a stone's throw um, over the over the last five years, and that's that's. That's why the our original model um, isn't uh, working as it as as it was. But you know the way again the way we look at affordability, um, Rory is um, it's it, it's it's based on a couple of things. But one of them is the 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 ability of people to to um, to repay. So nobody can be paying more than we like like it to be around thirty percent of their net income on their um, mortgage or on their rent the the state scheme will say 35% but we 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 try to keep it around um uh, uh, 30%, 30% so 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 that and that's that's our metric as to whether something is affordable or not yeah and it's genuinely affordable housing if you're selling a three bed for 260,000 and you're keeping it related to incomes as well that it's yeah. as you say around 30% of income and and the rent similarly and the rent, similarly, the rent also has to be at least um, uh, thirty. Well, we say thirty-one or thirty-two percent of net income, and um, but then it also needs to be twenty-five percent less than the local market rent. Now, um, in the areas where we're working, that can be quite. Um, I'm not going to say depressed, but it, but compared to other parts of the city, you know, um, so. Um, um typically i don't have to figure just off the top yeah. of my head but but anyway look i mean those those cost rental you know won't be ready for another two, another two years you know so um you know it would be a bit premature to try to even to put a put a, a rental price on those yet and what do you think you like clearly you know you're saying here is a model of uh, essentially not for profit developer yeah. that can deliver 
genuinely affordable housing. Why are we not doing this a lot more? Well, again, uh, I or, I or maybe to put a more positive, constructive way of framing yeah. that, how could we do this a lot more? Yeah, well, we did like, I mean, we, you, we could encourage the um, um, approved housing body sector to get more involved and because they have they have the capacity. And I'm quite sure that if you went and you spoke to them and there's, you know, you know, there's a couple of hundred of them. But if, but if, but if, you, if you if you if you went and spoke to the top 50, say, OK, and uh, and and you, and you talk to them about delivering affordable housing, it is more risky. I mean, at the moment, you know, there's 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 a lot less risk. For a housing association to develop to, to deliver social housing. Because either if it's if it's for older people or people with special needs, they can get their capital assistance scheme and they can they, you know, they 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 they, they can get hundred percent funding um uh, for that or very close to it. Um, or if it's for general needs, um they can get the what's called you know, you know, the CAF, the leasing scheme. Um, and you're you're familiar with that, and then payment and, avail- and and availability. But effectively, you know, it is the state through the local authority um, paying uh, for for this housing, and um, you know, ensuring that the that the um, the uh, the housing housing association um, has sufficient funds in place to own and manage um, um, those units. And then if they're then asked to go. And to deliver um, affordable housing, where they have to take um, a risk in terms of a sales risk, in terms of selling, or where they have to, you know, maybe borrow, um, as we have to do from commercial um, banks, it is it is more risky. But 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 I really do think that um, you know, if 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 the department came and spoke to them and said, look, you know, let's develop this sector more, let's let's build. Um, and the capacity, especially all around, you know, all around the country, in, you know, if, if you had an organization like us dealing with local contractors as a delivery partner or as a, a not-for-profit developer, it is something that could be done. I firm, I firmly believe that. And I, and I you know, um, and I certainly think the results would be a lot better than they have been um, using the model that, that the state has been using in depending on um private developers and investment funds to do this it seemed to have been you know a knee-jerk reaction after the after the crash and um and then it 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 just it just follows on with some kind of crazy ideology (laughs) that this is the way to do it that you that you know that you depend on the on on the market for everything you can't depend on the market for 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 social or affordable housing and you and you shouldn't be at all and and it and of course when we look at um the the scheme like the Cree Konaha one which has gone to Europe and is waiting a decision from Europe and now we're seeing the developers and investor funds you know who control who own the land with the planning permission for seventy thousand unbuilt units say they want tax breaks or yeah. the state you know paying those developers to deliver you know they're not good ways of doing it are they. Not at all. Not at all. I mean, like there's one private developer and a, bi- a big, a big private developer. And I like I I it, it always sounds that I'm, you know, I'm getting at them. I'm not. I've nothing against developers. I've been in construction all of my life. But but all I'm saying is not for social and affordable housing. Let them let them focus on the areas that they used to do, you know, to go above the affordable and 
and and those and let them and let them work away. But there is one um big and big firm, and I think they, they announced massive profits there um recently. And when yeah. you do the calculation, you look at the profit, okay, and you look at the number of houses that they build, and you do a very crude um a, a calculation on it, you find out that it's 65,000 yeah. euros profit per unit. Yeah. It's mad. It's just pure profit and going to shareholders, international shareholders. Yeah. yeah. And then and then what's the expectation of the shareholder? The expectation of the shareholder is that that's going to continue. Yeah. And then yeah. when somebody says to them, you know, well, now this mightn't continue, then they start to panic and they start and then and the executive will, will, will start saying, well, look, we have to get uh, forward purchase or we have to get tax relief. Why do they have to get that? They have to get that to meet the expectation of the of the shareholders, not so they can deliver an affordable house to, you know, my son or daughter or, or all of our sons and daughters, purely to meet the expectation of the shareholders and the investor funds that they say that that's this is this is the the and uh, the range that we need to be making on 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 our return. And it's not the same all around the world. I mean, there are. Big private developers, for example, in Sweden, who will deliver um, uh, affordable housing, and and their target market is a single teacher with a child. So they have to be able to de- to deliver and rent. Now it is it is a rental scheme. Deliver and rent um, an apartment to a single teacher with a child on her um, salary or his or her salary, and and they're doing it in places like Malmo. So, yeah. so, so this this is looking for the killing all of the time and bringing in the investment funds to say, oh, you can make a killing in Ireland. You know, there's no problem. There's the 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 market is booming, and uh, and they'll come in and they'll milk it for all it's worth for as long as they can, and then they will scarper, and then there'll be a crash, and it'll be up and down and up and down again, and people will be, you know, uh, oh, pulling out their hair and. All of, all, all of that wondering why did this happen again when it's obvious why it's happened it was it Einstein that said you know that's it's, it's the definition of idiocy, idiocy doing the same thing yeah, over and over, over again and, yeah. expecting a different result that's it yeah. completely yeah. It, it, it is um, and, and you know what is there in terms of um, expanding you know the delivery of affordable housing to me it seems you know just I, I don't understand why we're not putting the six billion that's been put into a rainy day fund into seed funding the further develop of a development of affordable housing and rather than being you know i don't like it you know this these seventy thousand units that have planning permission we should be going through those and see well which ones of them are actually decent uh planning permission that would build decent housing and compulsory purchase it and develop it ourselves or compulsory sales it and um, but not pay these developers to build unaffordable units on it yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I look, I, abs- I absolutely agree with you. And provided that you are um, building in the right place, that you're, you know, that you're, 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 you're not building out miles away from any services, you know, as happened uh, during the Celtic Tiger when you end up with ghost estate. Provided that you are building in areas or even in towns, um, you know, where there is um, a demonstrable need. Um, for the housing, you're never going to have a problem in disposing of it. You're not going to be left with millions or with thousands of 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 of, of units on your hands. So you can do that. 
you can go ahead you can actually develop sites you can pre you know you can you can you can develop sites and you can bring local contractors in to build this was done years ago you know you you have you have a service site you bring in in two or three builders to work on a on a particular service site and it, and it worked it works fine and it can work again, you know, and this can be done for affordable. And this is an area that, that local authorities could get involved in. And, and they, they wouldn't need huge amounts of um, expertise where they will actually act as the, um, uh, the, uh, the developer. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, it shows just just what is possible. Um, two final questions there is one is um, on the whole issue of is it possible? And I've made a proposal um in my book to restrict the sale of affordable housing that's developed with state subsidies to an affordable homes market, that it doesn't become ever turned into an investment asset or a property investment, that it can only be sold to other people who qualify for affordable housing. Yeah. Um, or back to, you know, in a, a, a cool on body or a state body or yeah. well, what do you think about that? Well, well, look, absolutely. I mean, um, we, we, we know that the model that has been adopted um, was based on a model um, used in, in the UK. And unfortunately, as soon as um, one of the houses are sold in the current scheme, um, it's, it's back on the open market. Because what happens? The um, local authority, which holds an equity share in, in the scheme, they are paid back their equity share. And then that house is then on the open market. And that would... Excuse me. That unfortunately is the same situation with our initial houses as well, where there was a clawback. But yes, it is possible. And you know, I'd love um, some Irish people to look um, re- really seriously at uh, community-led housing because it can happen with community-led housing. You're, like you were talking about, you know, uh, Claire Claire John, isn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Talk, yeah. Talk, talking about the self-build. I'd love to have a chat with her. You know, talk talking talking about the self-build, like. Um, communities coming together, and we are dealing with a couple of communities like that. Communities coming together to sort out their own housing needs um, in their own um, local area. That's one way of doing it, and 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 then ha- having having a shared ownership to ensure that those houses remain affordable in perpetuity. The other way is that um, if if we build a, a, an affordable house, that we have the first option to buy it when it is offered for sale. And there is an agreed price that it that it gets um, um, uh, sold at, so that it is still affordable uh, for the uh, for for the next purchaser. And both of those are possible at the moment. The other one then is um, by having a community land trust. And I know there has been a lot of talk about this over a number of years, and and it um, it still hasn't happened. It may happen on a scheme that we're doing um, down in uh, Callum with a, with a great organization called Nimble Spaces. Um, I don't know if you ever got any of them to do your podcast, but you should. You should yeah. talk to them. I know, to, I know Nimble Rose, Spaces, yeah. Rosie I was Lynch. down in Callan before. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that hopefully will be a, um, a community land trust that will that, that will own that land and then that you can have restrictions um, on the onward sale, provided that the uh, mortgage... Uh, um, provider has first call if, for example, the house gets into arrears and if the sale price didn't cover those. Okay, so you always have to look after the funder, unfortunately. Yeah. But that, but that is the reality. But that can be done with a charging order. You know, it's a, it's a simple charging order that's attached to the deed, and that that would say that um, the bank can step in and sell this house um, if there aren't sufficient funds 
um, um, raised during the sale. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it again shows what's possible. Um, and yeah. if we want to, and, and actually the second, the last question I was going to ask you, you you've answered, which is about community led housing yeah. um, and the potential for that and, and the need to nurture that as a real alternative um, yeah. to developing housing. Are you actively working with anyone? Uh, we, so you've said Callan there and Nimble Spaces. We we are. And we're working with a group actually in Strangford up in uh, Northern Ireland, like um, a community led housing group um, up there. And um, and you know, and we were working closely with with um, uh, SOA self organized um, architects. I don't know if you ever had them on the on the podcast, but they're they're re- really interesting guys as well who have pr- produced some really good uh, documents on community led housing. And if anybody out there is interested in community led housing, check out self organized um, architects and read those documents and get on the road um, to to providing your own. Uh, accommodation. Yeah, because I think it is a real area that people could get involved in, which is because um, I know Common Ground and Wicklow is another example. Yes. Um, and I must get them on um, as, you know, positive campaigning where people get together and say, look, we have a housing need and let's develop it differently. But they yeah. should be actively supported you know, by local authorities and by government, but currently they're not. Well, they are mentioned in the Act, and therefore local authorities now do have to uh, listen to them. So if you have... Which Act is this? Uh, the Affordable Housing Act. They're, they are they are they are they are actually mentioned in in the in, the, in I think in the, in the in the first page of that that um, local authorities have to deal with community housing and um, approved housing bodies like ourselves community housing groups, and um, I think they actually mentioned community land trusts as well. And you're absolutely right in terms of Common Ground. Uh, Common Ground are a great group. They have been on the go now for a number of years, um, but they've got themselves very well organised in terms of their of their, their governance. They know exactly what they want. And, um, and, and basically, they're looking for a site, and I know that they will get one. And um, and you know any anybody involved in, in the community housing space or who wants to get involved in the community housing space Check out Common Ground and check out self-organized um, um, architecture. And I, I, I think we're coming to the end, but just before we do, I need to congratulate you on your book. Um, it really is a, a great read, and thanks for the mention to, of, of a cooling in there. But but I I was actually very taken by it um, in terms of um, the way that you approached it because um, it's very readable. It's very human. You know, like it goes, it goes. Now a lot, a lot of it is talking about problems, and that's understandable because it is, <laughs> it is, it is, it is a big problem. But there is a part for solutions as well, and that's and that and that's really good. But but I liked it because of its readability. It's not sometimes you know if you're if you're reading about housing, it can be you know you nearly want to, want to, want to be a bit of a um, you know a, a fan of housing or whatever. The yeah, word. I'm yeah. looking for to you know to read it or to to understand it. Not this. So just I want to congratulate you. Ah, thank you, Hugh. I appreciate yeah. that. And uh, no, I did. I wrote, wrote it really trying to make it accessible and that, yeah. you know, and, and uh, he absolutely said to make it as human as possible and connection. Yeah. And um, and I think that, you know, within this crisis, the hope is that um, something, a very different housing model comes out of this. And I think that the community led housing, the cooperative housing, the affordable housing, hopefully will be, you know, at the heart of it. And I think yeah. that that's really what we need to get that and and as the market fails us over and over that we can see that 
and support something a very different way of doing things yeah and and like it's interesting like there is a willingness when you, when when you talk to people individually about this you know and like politicians get a bad rap but when you are talking to them and like you know in I will include the current minister in um in this you know I have a lot I honestly do have a lot of time for him and, and, and what he is trying to do it's a difficult difficult task and um and imp- impossible to please um um ev- ev- everybody but when you talk to them individually and to all the housing spokespeople, they are very open to talking about community-led housing and, and other ways of, 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 of doing it. And so it's very hard then, you know, to work out, like, why is there such a logjam? Why yeah. can't we get something going on it? Like, we spoke to the Land Development Agency about it as well. And, you know, they spoke, at, they, they, were, they were represented on the working group for, for the community-led housing. And still... As far as I can see, you know, they haven't done anything um, uh, constructive to support community-led housing in the country, and they need—they need to be—they need to be doing that. I think, you know. Yeah. No, I completely agree. Agree, they should be. Um, given that you know, land is one of the fundamental elements in yeah. terms of delivering housing, yes. and it—it it does, of course, raise raise the the other issue, that issue of the whole issue of vacancy and dereliction. Yeah. And dealing with that and supporting people to to deal with that um and you know that's an area we we've covered before but it's something yeah. it's not something you're addressing at the moment it's not um we 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 have spoken to a couple of groups um uh, about it but no it's not something that we're getting involved in um just at the moment we did look at one we like we were, we were down in limerick and we looked at some we looked at some housing down there um and um this was with 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 the local authority but it didn't it didn't progress. Um, no, I mean, what potential I'll, do you think? Say, what, yeah. what? There is huge potential in it. There is huge potential in it, but you really need to look at, for, for example, um, d- different planning requirements and even different ownership requirements. If, say, for example, you know, a lot of people talk about the room above above shops. You know that this needs yeah. to be uh, used for um, accommodation. If you look at the space above a typical shop, you probably won't have enough space to get a single bedroom apartment in there with its access, okay? Because you need you need a separate access. So then you may be looking at some kind of a combined ownership between two or even three um, owners that make it worth their while to have it redeveloped so that you can get maybe a two-bedroom apartment above um Two units, or maybe even a three-bedroom apartment above three units, or 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 whatever. So we need we 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 need to look at at at, at planning, and then when you start talking about that, that seems to just put it in a different place, and it it just seems to be too complicated, you know. Whereas it's not. If you had a small working group, I think within the department dedicated to looking at all of these areas, and then coming together and saying, "This is what we're going," and give them some authority or autonomy. To say, come up with an idea. Say, this is what we're going to do about um, getting the space above shops back in back into use, because it's not beyond us. Like, it's, honestly, it's not yeah. rocket science. As they say, it can be done. You need to look at access. You need to look at the space you require for the units, and then you need to look at your codes, like your fire pre- uh, protection. You know, and that's and and that they're obviously really really important. Um, but but like it's not beyond us to come up with a scheme, um, you know, where you could do or it shouldn't be beyond. Us. Of course, <laughs> of course, it shouldn't. It, it, it's at the point that 
Frank uh, O'Connor and Drew Cherry make all the time that, you know, we just, it's become normalized and that's the problem. So that's much of problem. this, yeah. you know, dereliction vacancy, you know, people don't even see it. The government just, of course, driven by developers and investor funds who only want, you know, to build on new greenfield sites, don't prioritize yeah. this as well. Yeah. And yeah. it is about policy effort and political will yeah. at a broad kind of level. Um, but listen, Hugh, thanks so much for giving uh, your time. As always, no, it's great. Thank you. And and continue the great work and we look forward to uh talking to you again and working with you again and um of course the if you want to check out um the affordable housing it's as hugh said through the local authorities check out is your local authority uh offering affordable housing um and also then there's the community-led housing common ground in wicklow and soa um self-organized architects as well um, and Hugh, if they are interested in Oculon, is there any way to get engaged now or is it all through the local authorities? In terms of, of getting a house, it's all through the um, local, local authorities. But, you know, I, as I've said before, I'm like an evangelist for affordable housing. If anybody wants to contact me, um, Hugh at Oculon.ie, I've no difficulty. Let them or, or, or info at Oculon.ie if they want. You know, I've no, I've no difficulty. Brilliant. If you want to find yeah. out more, listen, yeah. Hugh Brennan O'Coolon, uh, Co-Housing Alliance. Thank you much, so much for joining me in the podcast um, and really, really important and hopefully an, an inspiring start and showing that there is an alternative to the private developer model for building and delivering social and affordable housing. Good start to 2023. Now we need to make it happen. Um, thank you all so much. And we will talk to you all very, very, very soon. And I'm delighted um, that we have Hugh Brennan from the O'Coolon Co-Housing Alliance here today to discuss um, the housing issue, how there is an alternative to the private development model, how we can actually build really genuine affordable housing um, and how we can do it. A really important conversation. Um, and before I start, the, just to give a shout out to the great work been done um, by so many community people and activists um, across communities um, who are supporting um, an Ireland which is welcoming for everyone um, and supporting uh, refugees. And it is so important that we send out the very clear message that Ireland is a country built uh, on emigration. Our people are around the world and we're welcomed in. And we are a country that welcomes migrants and refugees as well. Um, and we know absolutely that um, immigrants and refugees are not the cause of our housing crisis or homelessness. It is the policies that have been pursued by successive governments, the inequalities in housing, um, the huge vacancy and dereliction that we allow persist there is enough housing in this country. There is enough land. We can build homes for everyone um, if the political will is there for, um, and that is what we must do and ensure that we uphold the human dignity and respect of dignity for everyone. Um, these are very, very difficult times for a lot of people, and we need to try and keep working together, support solidarity. Um, there's an event, if you're in Fairview, on Wednesday evening between five and seven on the Fairview footbridge. Um, Dublin Northside for All is unfolding a banner um, and supporting refugees. There's lots of other initiatives been taken. Steel Wall has a great new song, uh, More Blacks, More Dogs, More Irish. Um, and yeah, just, you know, let's keep together. Let's keep focus on the real cause of this crisis. 
uh, and protest where it is right against government, against those who are profiting from this housing crisis. Um, and we can create a better Ireland together. So enjoy the podcast and we'll talk to you very soon.